Welcome one, welcome all <laughs> to Comics and Bars Throwing Axes. Comics and Bars. here at the illustrious Greeley Hatchet House in Greeley, Colorado. My guest today is the very tall, light, and handsome uh, Jared Chandler. What's up, JC? How you doing? Buddy? Hello. I'm great. Thank you <laughs> for having me. I've been working on that one since this morning. Tall, light, and tall, handsome? Tall, light, and handsome. I think that's going to be your new moniker. That's also my chocolate flavor. <laughs> I know last week... <laughs> <laughs> very tasty. I know last week I promised that I'd bring the Greeley Comedy Boys to you guys. I did get one-third of the Greeley Comedy Boys. Unfortunately, the Vietnamese villain, uh, Luke Slayback, could not join us today. I'm going to call him right now. You should call him. Yeah, I figure out what's going on I will give you a little bit of backstory on good old Lukey 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 Pookie. Um, homeboy just graduated from UNC, so go UNC Bears. Uh, that's, that's true. I can, I can identify with that. Yeah, and Luke Slayback. Uh, he did the frat life, I believe, and so whatever his fraternity is, make sure you listen to this and give him some shout-outs. But yeah, the Vietnamese villain, the Asian, Luke Slayback, will be joining us on the podcast uh, one of these days, just not today. And as always, see. Comics and Bar Store Nexus is brought to you by 477 Distilling in Greeley, Colorado. Make sure you pick up their new bourbon select barrel. Also, the peach schnapps, if they got any, they sold out. Maybe they'll make some more. Mm. And Greeley Hatch House, obviously. Right now, they're doing a special, $25 per couple. They are doing one-lane-only rentals during the COVID season. Make sure that you go and email. Yo, what's up, bro? Oh, sorry. Good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. You get the whole place yourself. The Hatchet House. Jared's talking about right now. Nookie pookie. You're buying a car? He's buying a car? What? Like a graduation present? Yeah, is it like a graduation present? What's going on? What? Here, I'm going to put him on speaker. Hold he's, on. He's driving from now on. There we go. Yeah, you get to drive now to, to Cheyenne or wherever we go from now on. Exactly, I know. It, dude, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's a beauty. It's like a grandma car, but in like... <laughs> what, kind, what kind of car is it? It's a Buick, bro. A Buick, like, like a neighbor Buick? Buick, yeah, like a Buick. Ooh, <laughs> that is a grandma car. I know, man. It's a nice class. Uh, we're in the middle of it right now. You yeah, know, we're in the middle. Come down. Take your, park your new car in front of the store <laughs> and come down. <laughs> park it in the store. Throw some new dude, car in this the place store. is dope. You got to throw some all axes. Right, right. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, well, here's, here's Jerry right. again. Here's, here's, you're on speaker, buddy. You're on speaker. Here's JC. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Come on, it'll take you 20 minutes. How, how is the podcast? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. good? It's good. We literally just started. Oh, okay. We okay. just started it, and then we decided to call you because we want we want you here. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll try and figure it out. I gotta leave in like ten minutes to go pick this thing up and sign paperwork. Oh, right? word. Okay. All right. Well, text text us, and then if you're if you're done in time, then you can still come because. You know, Joe, Joe Rogan might come in and we might be here for hours. That's bro, why so. I blew off the podcast to get a new car. I guess that's a good reason. <laughs> okay, that's a decent cool. reason. I'll let, it, I'll let it slide this time. Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I'm the next Joe Rogan in Greeley, Colorado, you know? Joe Rogan, baby. All right, Luke. Texas when you're done. All right, peace. I love you. Love you, Rogan. Love you, Luke. Bye. Good old Lukey Pookie. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, that was... Oh, we actually had... There we go. Now he's on. Yeah, full, full Greeley comedy boys on the podcast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I wanted. It's what I got. Merry Christmas oh, yeah. to me. Merry Christmas. Right. Christmas miracles do happen, <laughs> especially in Greeley, Colorado. At the Greeley Hatch House. Get on over here, reserve your lane. Oh yeah. I want to put a little bit of background out there uh, for those that don't know the relationship between good old Jared Chandler and Rudy Garcia. 
Jared was actually the first comic to ever mentor me in the Greeley comedy scene. There are a few others that deserve notable mentions, like uh, Tobias Livingston. Good old Toby. Oh, yeah. Toby's always down to help anybody out that wants to learn about comedy. Who else was in the scene that kind of helped? Dicky Bill Wagner, yes, indispensable to Greeley right yep. now, as well as Dave Eloise. He's been running. He ran the show at Tower Fifty Six when we're still doing them there. Yep. So, he used to run Outriders right back in the day. We had Christy Bradshaw <laughs> in the scene too, and then she moved to Denver, so she's part of the Denver scene. Yeah. So you were the first comic to really kind of take me under a wing, I would say. And just kind of show me what it's all about. And I can't, I don't know, it's going to get mushy in here. I might cry. Dude. <laughs> I'm so grateful for that because I didn't know how much I needed that in my life at the time. No, I likewise, bro. I can say the same thing. <laughs> I can say the same thing because um, I felt like I learned a lot from you too. Just like watching you start out and like, like I always like admire your hustle. Like you, like seriously, like I was just thinking about that today. I was like, damn, Rudy has not stopped since... He started doing comedy. Like he is not like ever like taking a month off or like no, yeah. And like now you're recording podcasts and like making things happen. So good on you, man. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but I mean, everybody knows that the Greeley scene is tough. Oh yeah, it's been tough. Buckley came by. Uh, She headlined the Moxie. Chrissy Buckley, for those who don't know, amazing comic out of Denver, and. She basically told us, when I was talking to her about the scene, I was like, you know, what, what, what do you think about the Greeley scene? She said, people have been trying to build the Greeley scene for years. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me. Like, I, I felt almost like an instant loser at the time. <laughs> so I was like, does that mean that, like, I'm, like, fighting a losing <laughs> fight here or something? Yeah. Should I continue going on? But, um, you know, more props to, like, Tobias Livingston for all the shows he's done in Greeley. Props to all the guys that have tried doing their own comedy shows here. You had a show you know, at uh, Highbrow and at Tower 56. And Tower, yeah. You know, so, I think what... What we've lacked, like, in the years past is, like, everybody's tried, but not at the same time. Right. Okay. Like, we've all been trying to, like, like Outriders and, like, Syntax were going on at the same time, I think. And maybe, like... Uh, and then we had Down Under for a little while. Yeah, but, like, like we've never, like, worked together. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we've always had these shows, and we've had, like, Hody... Or not Hody's, uh, The Moxie, like, mm-hmm. P. Rich, Patrick Richardson hosted that for, like you know, two years or something like that, maybe even more, maybe like four. And like we had Outriders and we had these shows, but I think it's just hard because we have a mixed bag of demographics here. Like we have the college crowd and then we have all the folks who actually can spend money and go out and enjoy it in the evening. And I don't know like what your experience is, but like, like I know that people want to go out and then, but like people in college crowds, like just don't like try to like find anything out there like you have to invite them like really personally and like um you have to like work really hard to get them to come to shows and as far as like everybody else like it's just a matter of letting them know and just getting the word out and like i think we work together better with like everybody at the same time like because people are still here i'm sure tobias is still here or maybe in boulder or something yeah, but he's, he's doing a lot of work at four comic yeah right yeah but dave alley's still here Dave bill is still here like if we got together and like really pulled our resources like and we stay consistent too like you and me staying consistent here um we were just talking about possibly moving to denver like yeah yeah but i think if i moved to denver like i would still work at the moxie and like still try to like do stuff in greeley because yeah like i think it is like a really good place to have comedy it's just like needs needs the right timing Mm -hmm. it needs the right amount of resources for sure promotions and people Mm -hmm. and people would do it yeah it's it's so 
it's a little bit of an inside joke between Jared and I. Anytime he gets together with one of his old comic buddies from Denver, from the Denver scene, and we all admire the Denver scene because a lot of great comedies come out of it, it's always the same answer. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll be moving there soon. And my heart kind of breaks every time he says it. Yeah. Like, no, Jared, don't leave me down. <laughs> but then at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like good for you if you really want to do it because Denver's a great scene to go and in, invade and infiltrate. But at the same time, like uh, the, the thought that always goes to my head is like, why would you want to go to Denver and be a small fish in mm -hmm. a big pond when mm -hmm. you can stay in Greeley and kind of be a big fish in a small pond? Oh no. yeah, no, I totally agree. Like if I if I moved to Denver, it would be to like expand my opportunities. You know what I mean? Like it okay. wouldn't be to like like I would still hold my footing in Greeley. Like I'm always gonna be this is always gonna be like my home and like where I come back to. But if I moved to Denver, like. I would not only be doing comedy, but I'd try to expand into like other areas, like um, sure. you know, writing and acting and producing, like that kind of thing. Just so I have like more uh, network at my fingertips, you know. I think I think that's always part of it, though. Like even if you're a big fish in a small pond, like you still have to eat. Like you still have to. <laughs> <laughs> you still yeah, you still yeah. have to like go out and and make your own ends meet, and so. You would still be doing that in Denver. I think I think anybody can make, like like here our problem is like you can start something and then it just doesn't get off the ground because we can't get enough people to go to it. Right. right. Same thing happens in Denver, and there's still more people. So, yeah. like really, the the only difference is there's just more people and more like more like the well is deeper for right. like artists and people who have more talents and capabilities that can help us in ways that we lack. Right. Help us learn and grow. Yeah. Teach us stuff we don't know. And yeah, like what are some of our like weaknesses as far as producers and yeah. and like showrunners are? Like there are people who are far more experienced than us who can help us with those kinds of things. Right. Someone I've been wanting to get in touch with and work with at some point is Jeff Tice. Do you know him out of Denver? I know the name, yes I do know the name. Yeah. He's done he's been the Denver scene for a long time, but he's also like a very talented graphic designer and artist oh yes that's right i've seen a lot of his art yeah on facebook amazing, oh yeah he amazing designs stuff. almost like so like so many posters and, like the nicest guy too he's like the yeah. sweetest person so yeah yeah so that's one that's one area where like graphic design like i struggle with so hard like oh, yeah. every time i had to make a poster for a tower or a highbrow i was like uh like <laughs> what is this this is gonna look so like like sketch like My plebeian graphic design <laughs> yeah. skills yeah. yeah i feel the same way man Every time I try to fix it, it's like, okay, clip art, and so... Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't tell... Watermarks, watermarks. Yeah. Clip art's with watermarks, that's mm -hmm. how I do my graphic design. It's printed on, like, a little shitty Linux printer, it's just like... <laughs> and there's still AOL a white sound. line on the edge of it. It's smoke and AOL sounds coming from <laughs> So, yeah, well, that kind of leads me into my first question for you. I did actually... Can we swear on this, by the way? Sure, why not? Oh, okay, I just didn't know if there was, like... Specific audience. I mean, well, you, I, I mean, God, it's kind of we, we both. <laughs> we both tend to work a little bit cleaner in our comedy. I want to talk about that a little bit later, but I did write some questions for you just, oh, so, great. just so that we can keep it, um, keep, it keep, it, keep it flowing. Yeah, you know, we're talking about the scenes. Uh, let's talk about backgrounds a little bit because uh, you grew up extremely religious, loving the God and the JC <laughs> and the Holy Spear. I did the same thing, except with a different type of religion. So I was Seventh Day Adventist growing up. Were you? You were um, what? Seventh Day Adventist. What which, is that? Which is like. Oh man, it's so crazy. So it's like Catholicism with the rules, uh -huh. but you worship on Saturdays. So the way I grew oh. up was from fourth, or was from like sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday was for the Lord completely. 
So you weren't allowed to cook, you weren't allowed to do chores, you weren't allowed to go dancing, you weren't allowed to watch TV. <laughs> the only book you could read was the Bible. Uh, so basically you could read your Bible, pray, and sing Jesus songs for that, oh, whatever, man. 20, 12 hour period. Why did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody leave? It was the greatest experience of my life. So yeah, so I want to say, I mean, you meant, I, I know for a fact you went to Dayspring. So does that mean evangelical free is what you, was it like more it, Protestant? It, yeah, definitely more Protestant. Okay. Um, a lot of the, I went to three different churches growing up here in Greeley. The first one I went to was Bethel Baptist. Mm -hmm. So a little bit more traditional vibes like the wood pews and like the large wooden ceiling and like that kind nice. of thing. And then we went to Christ Community, which is like one, yeah, one of the largest very good church. churches. Yeah, very like non-denominational, just like very inclusive. And then we, it was a little bit too big for us, so we moved to um, Journey Christian Church. Okay. For yeah, like the, the tail end of when I was in high school. And then, yeah, I just kind of, I still, I still like go to church sometimes and stuff. Well, I don't mean to make this too religious, but I think the question is, like, what do you think it is about people that have like lived a pretty pious, like upbringing in Christianity? And I notice a lot of them tend to break off and do comedy. So what do you think it yeah. is about Christianity that drives people? And like just religious yeah. Do you think it's more of a rebellious thing? Do you think it's more of a like life development I think thing? It's like, like laughter comes from God. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's like I think it's like sort of a mixture of a lot of different things. And like for one thing, like you got the performance aspect of aspect it. Of it. Yeah. So like you're constantly around you're you're involved. Like mm -hmm. you're like in Sunday school, like you're putting on plays and like yeah, you're okay. doing like like I don't know about how your Sunday no, school I mean, experience was, but like yeah, yeah like yeah. we were doing all kinds of activities where like we would improvise plays actually now yeah. that I think about it and like and they were usually with like a good like message and like the teachers gave us like really simple prompts hmm. and stuff like that but in your singing like yeah. I was in choir like I was in like all these different arts and stuff like that so and me personally like I was in the I was the oldest and I am in the oldest in the family mm -hmm. so like I felt like I was like I'm kind of like the facilitator in a way. Like okay. that was like my role in the family. Like I, you know, I was in charge of people and sure. so like we had to stay entertained. And so, and I was also, I remember like entertaining my family in the living room and stuff like that. So that's that part of it. And okay. then, yeah, just like my personality, like mm -hmm. eventually I, you hit a fork in the road. Like I don't I think, I feel like everybody goes through this. Like you hit a fork in the road where like something happens to you in your life where you have to reevaluate how you think sure. about the world and yeah. so for me like that was like right after I graduated high school like you know shit was just hitting the fan and spraying everywhere so I was like okay I need to like I either need to expand my ideas or I need to dig deeper into them and you know dig deeper into this community and like just like because I felt like that especially from day spring that was how a lot of people went like they graduate high school now you're no longer under this protection of this like campus this yeah. little Christian bubble that like you're this in entity yeah, yeah. right so um, a lot of people either went like off the walls crazy or like super extra religious and yeah. or there was a lot of people like me who were like kind of floating in between like yeah. kind of confused for a lot of the yeah, for a lot of years yeah, yeah, yeah and like yeah and comedy really like got me through it like mm -hmm. like seriously like I loved comedy like 
just watching it and it, yeah like the rebelliousness a little bit because I was like sheltered so much like I still this is one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like did you see this movie that came out in like the early 2000s and I'm like no because I wasn't allowed <laughs> to watch anything back then and that's no what, Simpsons for you yeah yeah no yeah. Simpsons at all I have yeah. not I've seen like hardly any Simpsons hardly any South Park and whenever I and I had like friends who because I went to public school in Winograd for three years, so I had friends like this, but I, when I was at Winograd, like, I was, like, scared to, like, try things because, like, I would come home and I feel like my, all I would get was, like, oh, you shouldn't be reading that stuff or watching yeah. that stuff, you know? And I'm, like, Train. yeah, exactly. So I didn't want to have that secrecy in my life, so I didn't do it. So once I graduated high school and I started getting to the comedy scene, now suddenly I'm 18 years old, 19 years old, and I'm hanging out in Outriders with... 30 and 40 years old, <laughs> getting drunk on a Thursday. It's foul mouth. Yeah. Really citizen. Yeah. yeah. And to be clear, like, I, was, I didn't drink until, like, I was 21 in bars. Like, sure. uh, like I tried to stay true to that because I didn't want to, like, go over my bounds of being allowed to, to, like, stay here. And I didn't want to threaten, like, anybody's liquor licenses or anything sure. like that. I didn't want to be a liability. So, yeah, like, comedy just really held me together. Like, okay. I really couldn't have done it any other way. Hmm. And but as far as the question goes, sorry, this is a really <laughs> long, <laughs> super long explanation guess, into my backstory. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people experience that need to like break away and then yeah. that need to like, I need something different and I have this like performative spirit. I have a need to like express myself more than this religion is allowing me to express myself. Sure, and yeah. so comedy is the perfect outlet because there's no rules to comedy like sh it's good to make people laugh for sure it's not music it doesn't have to be a song yeah. you it doesn't have to be complete and like thought out right. you can just get up there and be an or as, as exactly as you are and just talk for five minutes and no one will no one will like like blame you for doing that if you right. if you do that like even if it's like bad like if you can go up there like <laughs> seriously if you think yeah. you suck at comedy if you think you suck at public speaking just do it one time and then get it over with because it's not as bad as it feels like when before you get up there and it's very liberating and like very freeing because like I find that I'm more expressive like out in public like I feel more comfortable like being myself and like I'm much more well spoken and like able to speak in front of people because stand up has given me like so much of that and like the community aspect too is like you know uncomparable well at so. least in Colorado yeah I'm lucky to have you stand yeah, up in no, Colorado totally yeah. like it's different in other places yeah. for sure I could talk about that too a little yeah. bit but yeah. I never even thought about that aspect of it because, you know, Seventh-day Adventists, we would do things for us like they called it especiales. And I went to the Spanish one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you basically get up there and you do your thing for God. You'd sing for right. God, you'd tell us, you know, you'd memorize the Bible verse and say it by memory for God, or you'd play the piano for God. And so, yeah, I never even thought about the performative aspect of Christianity Dude. until you mentioned it, yeah. No, it's a big yeah. part of it, too. Yeah. Like, and, it like, really that, that, like, that is like not something that everybody shares like getting like standing around with people and like singing like mm -hmm. together like i didn't realize how weird that was until <laughs> after i got out of the church i'm like people don't do this in normal yeah, life it's the closest <laughs> thing the closest thing we have is like concerts right. like like that's yeah. the closest thing i experienced to that like outside of the church was raves yeah. like dead ass like people mm -hmm. at raves like are so into themselves and emotional and like like literally it's a spiritual thing and that's why like so many people in like me personally like I would like I was more comfortable there than I ever was in a church because um, I had some help obviously from uh, <laughs> my friend MSD yeah. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but it, it helped. Like it was like I had like spiritual awakenings at Red Rocks because yeah. and and like that background in the church like helped me put those two things together. Wow. Did you ever go on like retreats? For church like camps and stuff like that uh i want to say yeah we definitely went camping for the seventh-day adventist church they have a place up in the mountains near loveland oh, i forget the name of it but yeah we'd just go up there for like a, a weekend yeah and just stay oh, yeah. up in the mountains dude every just, year just hang out every year i was i went on one of those things yeah. ymca like, yeah dude ymca <laughs> my four years of high school we that was we always had a high school retreat and my we used to go to this like really shitty camp like out in the mountains somewhere where it was just like it was like planned fun basically yeah. the entire time where it was mm-hmm. just like you got to do this and then we got 15 minutes to eat before we go do this and it was terrible but then that year they were like we're gonna go to the ymca my freshman year and it was the best like hmm. it was so fun like we just like like my friends and i like would just like climb this mountain that's like a private mountain that's like behind our the ymca and just like hike it at four in the morning and be back by breakfast yeah. um but like at those camps like we were doing all kinds of like group sharing and like just all kinds of team building truth activities exercises. yeah truth exercises and like there was a lot of opportunities to be funny is yeah, yeah. what i'm getting at there's a lot okay. of opportunities to like that was that was always my niche too that was just how i fit in to crowds like i never felt like i like really had like a role in like groups other than to make people laugh because i i would i kind of like i'm very observant i feel like comedians are pretty observant too and so i didn't i didn't always feel like contributing myself unless it was like useful and the most useful thing to me is to like make people chuckle because that's like a skill you know i mean that observational stuff is rule number one be relatable like yeah. If you observe and you can Absolutely. find something to relate to, then throw the punchline. Absolutely. It's kind yeah. of a weird medium to be a comedian because you're kind of the middleman between like being in like being like, in the moment and like right. ab- and, and commenting on the Exactly, moment. Yeah. yes. Being in the moment and then being s- saving a chunk of that for later. <laughs> so that's <laughs> gonna kill. Yeah. 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 And like I feel like that's also that's another this is another kind of topic that is part of this, but like I feel like that affects like how I interact with the world too. Like okay. the entire time I've been, or like how people interact with me too. Okay. Like like the entire time I was in college, like everybody knew I did stand up, and I wasn't like shy about it. And like mm-hmm. I told everybody. So like sometimes like I feel like I was almost too observant because <laughs> you know yeah, that can happen. Yeah. So then. <laughs> You know, people can be, like, a little bit paranoid around you because, like, Jared's going to, like, yeah. take what I'm saying and yeah. go, like, throw it in a bit or something like that. And I really only – I only did that once with, like – or twice with Jason, mm-hmm. my roommate, because, like, we live together and, sure. like, he's just another character. Mm-hmm. So, really, like, I try to take things from my own life and, like, my own – because I can't – I can't, like – like, people always say that when, like, you're at the dinner table mm-hmm. and you say something funny and people, like – you, like I play off the wall with like something my dad said or something and they go you should put that in your act and I'm just like how would I lead an audience to this moment how could I possibly get them to this part where I said that you know you know the coffee spilled on you or something yeah, comment here yeah 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 and it's just like you like there's 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 things that have to be relatable to everybody not sure. just like oh you guys gotta meet my dad like <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny yeah and, I, and i'm funny i feel like that's that. where you get these those moments though, is like podcasts though like where yeah. you're like those are like the moments where you can see like an interaction with two different people whereas like stand up like it all has to come from you like you have to create like a scene mm-hmm. in everybody's head and then you have to like lead them lead them somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. 
I, 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 told, I totally feel that because I, I feel like after we did the roast of Frank Ray Hall at the Moxie Theater, like everybody was on eggshells around us. Like, don't get around these guys. Don't get anything around these guys because they, yeah. they're going to roast us and mm-hmm. they're going to roast us well. And I was like, <laughs> like, I remember not getting invited to like family gatherings for a while after I did the roast because oh. everybody's just on eggshells now, you know, once yeah. you're a comedian. And that's not like necessarily how I, I thought it would go at all. Like, no. I always saw it as comics as being like, you know, they, they turn it on at the show and then when they turn it off and listening to all these podcasts with other comics, like they're just normal, goofy, regular people. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, I guess that's some of the fallout is... You're known for being witty, and people are afraid to be around you. Some people, yeah, some people are on like all the time, and like, yeah, yeah that can be exhausting. Yeah, that can you know? be. Yeah, that's why I'm not on all the time. Like, <laughs> I just can't, like, you know, and like, that's, that's another part of it. It's like when I'm not in a good mood, or like when I'm not like myself, like, it's very obvious because. Weak moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah, and it's hard. So sometimes, like, it's hard for me to, like, because, you know, the best thing for like when you're down it's like be around your friends and like yeah. be around people that care about you mm-hmm. I feel like as comedians like that can be hard to do because like you got that like lone wolf mentality of like yeah. I gotta do everything on my own and like I'm I'm all alone up here so yeah. like I gotta make this work and if I fail it's my fault and if I succeed it's my fault yeah so that's why I'm so grateful for people in the comedy scene like like Brick Mitchell shout out to Brick Mitchell in the oh, yep. comedy shout scene. out to Brick the most huggable man he is, dude. He, I would he drive sees to you, bro. An hour he sees to just you. Hug that man. I would. Yeah. I just it's so uh, therapeutic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in Cheyenne and you're listening to this, go hug Brick. Right go hug now. Brick. It'll be the same as like going to a therapist for an hour. I swear. If you stand just, downtown and shout three times oh, in was the a, air, yeah. he appears. Appears <laughs> 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 to give hugs. Uh, yeah, it was one of those. I, I had a I had a moment with him because I was like giving this huge tight hug and then you know you only have that moment where you're like okay this is a little bit weird maybe I should let go now so I like, <laughs> dropped my guard and let go and he just kept holding yeah. on I was like oh this is the best feeling ever <laughs> don't ever let go of me Rick don't ever let go of me there's a lot of mental challenges with this game man mm-hmm. they, they mention the grind they don't mention how exhausting it is to your mind and sometimes to your to your body and stuff mm-hmm. but well you're building mental habits yeah and that's true sometimes you don't always notice what they do to your to your life. So you are pretty popular after shows. I'm guessing it goes with the handsomeness and goes with the territory. Luke and I are constantly <laughs> waiting for you to finish your conversation with whatever attractive female decide to come and say hi to you. <laughs> we do get asked a lot of questions after our sets. Whenever we're out and about, I don't know, maybe we just make it look so easy. But one of the questions we get asked a lot is, how do I get into stand-up? And I get this question a lot from people that like are afraid of public speaking. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. But they always got, they always like have the, an artistic spirit. Yeah, they're like really creative, they're really witty, they, they probably could write, you know, really good punchlines, but for whatever reason, they're afraid to get up in front of people and, and do it. And Sometimes what, I think, feel, feel like people are like, they feel like you're stepping on our toes by like be, being a comedian. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's your thing. You know, like, oh, yeah. you know, like I have friends who like make beats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And if like, you know, that's like something they're passionate about. And it's like, if I if I had just like decided one day that I'm gonna like start making beats without like having any groundwork before that, like I might be stepping on their toes a little bit. But like sure. I don't think it's the same in comedy. Like I don't think it's the same. Like I think you can anybody should be able to do it whenever they want. Was that like your go-to answer? Just get up there and do it. Like I I feel like yeah. I I feel like they're almost asking for some sort of philosophical advice to like oh right. you just drink two glasses some- of milk and eat some <laughs> skittles and you'll be fine. Yeah. You know like I don't I, I think that yeah. Well, I mean, do whatever you feel comfortable with. Like, if you feel, have a best friend that you would feel more comfortable 
running your jokes by in front of. I personally don't like doing that. Like I like yeah, I, I yeah I don't like running like jokes one on one in person because like I. I personally like will look at it more analytically when a comedian pitches me a joke than just like reacting to it naturally. Right. But if you have a best friend that you're comfortable with doing that, then do it. Or if like I always say, or if you want to bring your whole group of friends with you to an open mic that like or all your coworkers, even better. Like yeah. they'll get to see you bomb in front of more people. <laughs> me, like I, I always liked doing it. I. When I first started out, like I didn't tell people, like I didn't like bringing a bunch of people, a bunch of my friends because. I knew that not everything was gonna work, and I was very realistic with myself, mm -hmm. and I didn't like kid myself and say and like think, oh, like like this is funny just because I said it. Like right. no, like you have to like you have to write and like rewrite and like or reshape, you know, however your process is. But like if you want to do it, like take the pressure off yourself because we're just two guys goofing around. You know, yeah. we're not like we're not like. Whatever you think we are, like <laughs> we're not two bears, one cave, just yet. Yeah, exactly. We're not like on that level yet. Like we're just we're just a couple of folks from Greeley. Just trying to make people laugh. Just trying to make people laugh. Yeah, that's what you do when you go there and just get up there. That was a sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be using that for the podcast <laughs> yeah. from now on. Yeah, there's there's been I, you know, I I just say like you know get up there and do it. If it's funny to you, uh, say it. If it's funny to other people, write that down and save it. Yeah, that's usually yeah. Because like you. Like I feel like an evolved form of stand-up is like you do, you do stand-up for the audience because you love your audience, but you do stand-up for you because you love you too. True. But when you're first starting out, you gotta do it just for you because, like, you're not gonna get any credit for doing it other than yourself. Because really, you don't. I, I personally didn't know like like there's advice where it's like you hear where it's like listen to everybody and listen to nobody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like everybody has got something to say and nobody knows what's really going on but you. Right. Right. Inside your act. Nobody knows your story but you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you are actually, this is, I'm actually in year two. I'm, I'm going into year two of comedy right now. You are, I want to say seven, but I feel six. like this. Yeah, so, okay, so you're six years in now. Tell me a little bit about this six years in comedy, your comedy journey, like how you got started uh, to where you are now. Uh, yes, my anything, origin story. Yes, is there anything that you would do differently at all? It doesn't have to be, oh. but if there is, would you? Mm. Yeah. I like that question. Nobody ever asked me that. <laughs> So where did you get started? So I got started, it all started one day when my Uncle Steve got me a memo book. It was Uncle like a, story? Yep, yep. <laughs> you probably met my Uncle Steve. I think, yeah, I probably did, yeah. Yeah, he, he gave me this like small red notebook that was just oh, cool. like really thin, like only like 40 pages or so. Okay. And I was like 16 in high school and I just started, and I started, that was when I first started getting to stand up. Well, my first start getting stamp was when I listened to it on my friend's iPod in like middle school. Okay. And I was listening to like Aziz Ansari sure, and yeah. like Jeff, Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. And then I was watching stand up, I was getting more into it. I was like, I really like this. So I started just writing down funny ideas in the, in the notebook. Yeah. And then my junior year, this is, so this is 2014, we were doing, I was in theater. And so we were doing a one act play called The Susification of Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And. Good old Romeo. Yes. So it's like, yeah, so it's like a, <laughs> it's, it's basically like Romeo and Juliet, but if it was written by Dr. Seuss. Yeah. And so it's a lot of fun. It sure. was, it was super fun, but it was really short. So my drama teacher said, you guys can perform your comedic auditions before the show so that it's a little bit longer and people have time to settle in. And I was like, okay. So I, so my, for my audition, I did John Mulaney, the salt and pepper diner. <laughs> yeah, so I performed that, and sure. then for for the show, I asked my teacher if I could do bit 
that, or like tell a story about how when I was in fifth grade, I also did a different version of Romeo and Juliet. And so she said, okay, let's try a dress rehearsal and then we can see. So we did a dress and she said, yeah, go for it. And I guess it went pretty well at the show because <laughs> then that gave me the courage to like go to the Jaeger when they were having an open mic on Tuesdays. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. The, and Ben Poo was hosting that and I had Such a punch a card. I had a punch card that they gave me where it was like every time you performed that Ben Poo would sign it and after five drinks you get like $10 on the bar and then after 10 drinks you get like 15 or 20 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I performed at the Jaeger three times after that and that was like like during my senior year sometime and the f each time it got progressively worse until I bombed in front of all of my friends. Because <laughs> I literally, like the first time nobody was there, I was doing like my like the first little tiny jokes mm -hmm. and it was fine. And then the second time I think I brought one friend and then the third time I texted one person like, oh yeah, I'm doing an open mic tonight. And then they texted like five other people and brought my friends and then I was like not prepared at all. I, this was when I didn't know what stand-up was and I didn't realize you could do the same jokes at an oh, open mic. Okay. Okay. You know, you, yeah. so I was trying to write new shit like every time. Sure, you're and, working hard. Yeah. So I, write, so I write like five minutes of like just a story about my cat throwing up on the carpet and I act out the whole thing <laughs> and it was just so not good. Like it was just like, it was just embarrassing. But it, it was, you know, it was a, part of the process it was just part of you know trial and error so then um, I didn't do stand-up for a while after that okay. and because I also got a girlfriend so oh, I wasn't really thinking little, about it a little busy there yeah, yeah yeah so then but then I went on a like another church retreat to Nebraska and they had a talent show there in front of like the whole camp at like the Lincoln Theater in Nebraska or one of the theaters in sure. Lincoln Nebraska so I did five minutes there and it felt really good and I was like this is awesome and then my girlfriend and I broke up, so... Free uh, time. Yeah. yeah. Free, free time. A lot of free time. A lot of time to sit with my thoughts and uh, <laughs> uh, regret things. So then I went to Patrick's, mm -hmm. and because I knew they had... And that's where I went. That's where I met Ellen, Ellington J. Jones, the Fancy. musician. Fancy name. Yes. Okay. He, was, he was originally, when I met him, when I first met him, his name was mostly Joe Hawkins. Okay. And then, yeah, I should tell this guy's story. Is that because, Mohawk Joe? No. Okay. Mm -hmm. No. This, <laughs> a guy, this guy looked like, like a Peanuts character, but old. Like, like if Charlie Brown grew up <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was 80 years old playing the guitar. Yeah. So he was like the sweetest guy, right? And like he was at Patrick's and he would play his guitar. And I met him like periodically like at the Moxie and like at these mics. And I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, there's this... I was I called this place called Outriders and they had an open mic there and I asked to see if they were if they did music and they said no they did just a comedy hmm. and my brain just exploded yeah. and I was like oh shit like I need to get on this so I went that was the first time I went to Outriders and that was my first official comedy open mic in September of that year of 2015 so like six years if you count like the first time I ever did stand up five years if you count the first time I went to my first comedy open mic. And then in 26, January 2016, I found Hodies, mm -hmm. and that's when I started going to Hodies. And then um, six, like five months later, I went on my road trip across the country and did open mics all over the place. And then I came back and just did open mics and shows wherever I could for the whole the whole 
all time. the stage time. Yeah. All, the stage all the stage time. time. Give me it all. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's been it's been awesome, man. It's crazy how how like much time has gone by, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. To look back uh, on it all. Yeah, it's just weird. Like it's weird when like you think about like because there's this, there's a this Sarah Silverman quote where it's like. She says, like, it's everybody's on their own timeline, basically. Like, mm-hmm. you could be doing stand-up for 11 years or two years. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, everybody's, like, on their own path and has, like, a different, like, skill set and amount of, like, experience, mm-hmm. on, like, in front of people. So, like, at the end of the day, you just got to do it because you yeah. want to do it because, yeah. like, success is very relative and unpredictable. Right. Like, it, like some people, you know, just shoot off into the stars. Huh? Like Kevin Hart just gets up there. Oh like, yeah, Kevin Hart and like um, into the Drug Carmichael. Yep. Super young, like really successful in stand-up. Josh Johnson is one that I've been looking Who? at a lot. Josh Johnson, he's on Comedy Central. Oh, obviously. I haven't seen he's Josh. Got some good stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like I follow Comedy Central on Instagram and they post up and coming stand-ups. Yeah, yeah so many good good stuff coming out. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So would you do anything like looking back? Oh, yeah, at all doing these, anything differently? Yeah. Sorry. Would you do anything differently? Um, looking back on all that. Uh, <laughs> the only thing, yeah, the only thing, if I would have changed something, I would have not gone to college. Oh, yeah. Bombshell. Kaboom. Yeah, that's why, yeah, this is a big one. Insert yeah. bomb sound here. Yeah, okay. I would have not gone to college and just kept grinding. Kept grinding. Yeah, because when I was that first five months, I started going to Hody's, like, I was getting booked at like. Nice. Fort Collins shows yeah, and like huh. Denver shows and I was like I was hustling and I was doing like four mics a week because you did new faces too right Denver I did new faces yeah. twice mm-hmm. yeah so that was really good so I did new faces twice and then yeah I was just I was getting lots of opportunities but I wanted to go to school so yeah. I was like so I, I worked really hard to make that happen and I'm glad I did it like yeah. definitely like don't regret any of it but you asked if I would have changed anything. Yeah, and yeah. if I would have changed one thing, it would have been that because that would have altered where I am today. And yeah, it probably would have been worse, honestly. Like I would probably be in a much worse place <laughs> because I'm not like on my own, like I'm not that like productive. Like, <laughs> like yeah, like comedians I think are very lazy yeah. a lot of the times, even though like we work we hard. Can, definitely can be. Yeah, like we work hard, but like we also procrastinate and like put things off. So I probably would have done the same, about the same amount of shows. I probably would have done about the same amount of open mics. I probably would have been exactly where I am now, except without a degree. Yeah. And without all these wonderful, supportive friends and idle hands um, and family that I have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and, and it gave me a lot more to go to college too, because like I had a lot more like support and like people who, who shared my story and my journey with me. Like, And that I think that was like more valuable in itself than if I would have even if I was even if I was like on like a list at Comedy Works right now I mm-hmm. think it was still more worth it for me to take those four years to just like have a college experience and because grow. yeah because yeah, like I'm still I'm still like six years ahead of like a lot of people or not ahead but like I've had six years under my belt and I'm only about to turn twenty four right that's so amazing. yeah, yeah so, so it's like you're, you're I'm, really I'm good right, place. yeah I'm yeah. in a good spot you know but um yeah. So, so looking towards the future, I mean, we talked a little bit about this before we started up, but um, you have some future plans. Like, what? Tell, go and tell G Town, tell everybody listening to podcast right now. What are you working on right now for the future? Kind of like twenty twenty one. Okay, there's like, right. some exciting news in there. So, I'm trying to expand my horizons a little bit. 
I've been taking, so I just graduated in May. So that that's nice. So I, I've been taking like I feel like I've come full circle now because five years ago I was in the exact same spot like graduating from high school and I've just taken I just took you know the year to just like chill and work right. and so that's what I'm doing right now it's just like I'm not really working obviously I'm chilling and mm-hmm. I'm like I'm 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 coming back to myself like I feel like in college I just went on all these crazy tangents and I was experimenting with all kinds of different versions of myself but now I'm coming back to who I really am and I'm reading and I'm just hanging out with my family and my dogs <laughs> and just figuring out what it is that I want now going forward right. primarily I'm just gonna keep doing stand-up I have a feeling that in the upcoming months stand-up is gonna explode yeah. and start busting out the seams because and that is exciting because that means we could potentially be doing open mic almost every night and not even have to drive very far to go so <laughs> not that the drive hasn't been pleasant i mean driving yeah. to cheyenne has given us opportunities has. to you know listen to podcasts we, we figured out a good rhythm we listen yeah. to podcasts we listen to our sets On the way that back, in yeah. itself is dope because like i always like build up my sets in my head and i'm like well i have to have like four hours to sit down and listen to these sets you know it's like no you can just listen to it in the car you don't have yeah. to take notes you can just listen to it makes the drive that much shorter right yeah that's the thing about oh man when i listen to my sets i feel like in my head, as I'm in the moment, I'm getting way more laughs than I actually do. You ever have those? It like, feels weird, different. Yeah, yeah, like out of body experience. Where and then like, when you actually hear it, yeah, and it's like, oh, I could have sworn I got mm-hmm. more laughter because you got so much yeah. other noise going on in your head too. Yeah. It's not just the laugh you're listening to. You're listening to what your heart is telling you, what your brain is telling you, and what like that the person in the front row is telling you. Yeah, like all kinds of stuff's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah, it's been, um, it's been good. I, I've, uh, yeah, I've, shout out to uh, Dillinger's Bar in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and also to Dominic Syracuse for putting together a pretty pretty decent scene up there, man. Um, Absolutely. Anybody in Cheyenne that is missing out, that is not going out to those Tuesday and Thursday night open mics. I mean, we were making the drive because there were no. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic in Colorado. Yeah. There were no open mics in Colorado, so hey, we're going to drive an hour, whatever it takes. Oh man, we were so lucky, grind. dude. We're so yeah. lucky to have, and have it's, those it's guys. Really good room, too. Really yeah. good room. The audience is super One of the best attentive. Rooms. Yeah, super attentive. Get, some, get a really good read on your material. Uh, but yeah, that was our that was our little uh, routine for a while. Get up there. We, we would listen to, uh, remind me of the name of this podcast. It's Wendy uh, Comedy Works. How Comedy Works. How Comedy Works. That podcast, we listened to that on the way up there. And she mentioned something that really didn't, I didn't get it until she actually said it, where it was like, it's all based, the clubs are all based on population. Where it's right. like, you could want you could want an A club in Greeley all you want, but until the population gets above, you know, 150, whatever. A million. Yeah, a million, it's, it's not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of, I don't want to say disheartened me, but it kind of, you know, enhanced, kind of brought a lot of light to the challenge that mm-hmm. we have, you know, yes. here comics. I, yeah, I, I totally agree, but I feel like the same, like we were just, talking about at the beginning of this where it's like if you have a supportive community like you might not be able to fill like a 200 seat club but you might be able to fill a 30 seat club or a 30 seat bar venue whatever like if you have enough people who are loyal yeah you know 30 people out of a hundred thousand yeah like and you couldn't do it every night obviously like you couldn't do it like an a-list club but you could have something special that runs every week and has a good group of supporters and that itself is Awesome. Like, and the fact that Josh Blue sold out the Moxie gives me hope. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we can, we can like people want to go see things. People mm-hmm. want to go out and stuff. And that's why Cheyenne was just like such a hidden gem because mm-hmm. like that was there. Here is a group of people who like are willing to go out, want to have fun. You know, like they they respect the COVID guidelines, but they also like want to like have a place where we can all hang out. Mm-hmm. 
It was perfect. Like, it, and 12 comedians, 12, yeah. 15 Cheyenne that comedians. That was crazy first That's night. amazing. Yeah. First night. That's amazing. That's like, wow. And we went like five weeks in a row. <laughs> It was so fun. If you do decide you want to go down to this mic, I mean, they're postponing it until January because of, you know, rampant COVID increases. However, if you decide you want to go down there, this is the one tip I have for everybody out there. Bring your own Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Bring the pregame with you. <laughs> they do not sell Red Bull at that bar for whatever reason. Oh, they it's don't like sell Red Bull? It's like some cheap knockoff. It's like oh. lightning in a can or something. <laughs> I don't know what they call it. It's not Red Bull. Lightning in a can. After a drive like that, I always want like an energy drink or something, you know? And, and yeah. I was like, can I get a Red Bull? Oh, we don't have Red Bull. We have this other energy drink. I was like, oh, right, well, I'll take it, whatever. And it's just... It just looks like fizzy Mountain Dew, and it's, oh lightning. it's called lightning something. But yeah, if you do go to Cheyenne, bring your own Red Bull, yes. or be prepared to go to the Come and Go down the street. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yep. Get some stuff there. But yeah, good old Cheyenne, Dominic Syracuse, keep up the good work down there. This wasn't the plans that I was alluding to. You are getting a couple more, hopefully, you're in the works for getting some more open yes. mics in the Greeley area. So, as far as comedy goes, so I am hoping to get some stuff just like, just downtown. I, w- I, w- I just want to get some like unique like alternative stuff going right like we we got bars like well we can host shows there bars and distilleries but i think we could have a good we have a good opportunity for like some off the beat shows so like i talked to lincoln park emporium Mm -hmm. they seem interested in doing something yeah whatever that looks like so lincoln park emporium is an antique store in downtown and they have three floors of antiques and spaces and mm-hmm. bookshelves very cool and like, spot downtown yeah it's very it's and i think it's just like the perfect spot to have some sort of showcase because if you go to la if you go to denver like they have all kinds of shows like these if you go to new york and i think we could have one right here in greeley mm-hmm. if we put our minds to it very true. and i talked to squeaky's laundromat and yes. got there <laughs> dude they, you actually went i actually there i actually did i was delivering the bandwagon magazines shout out to bandwagon read the bandwagon read the bandwagon and uh i was delivering them to squeakies and i oh, i said i gave them my info and she said she would talk to the owners shout out to bianca for for hooking me up with that they said that they were interested right now for covid she didn't like allude to like oh in the future you know but i i kind of inserted that myself and say like oh perhaps another time then so but it's like that's another perfect spot where like they got like this window like all these seats along the window right on 8th Ave all the wall windows yeah so it's like this is awesome like this is like a perfect spot to have like a little thing and then like I don't know how alcohol would work but Chiba Hut is right down the street so you know that's that's the thing is if we could pair with bars and like that way like we can have sponsorships and that way it would be like a three-way benefit between everybody. The bars, the venue, and ourselves, we all make money, and we all get, we all circulate business. Right. So I, I think that's, that's the key right there. My, like, mind is, my mind is racing with like names for the comedy show at the laundromat. Like, <laughs> DJs and jokes, you know, I don't even know. Oh, there's, so the, oh, there's this, uh, there's a show in San Francisco called the Brainwash Cafe, and it's a laundromat, it's a, cafe and it's a bar and they have yeah all in the same building and they have open mic there every single night of the week wow every single night they have an open mic i did it four times when i was visiting there and people are doing their laundry i had a burger like it was awesome like it's such a cool place like i feel like i feel like i feel like once Greeley gets more population like like we're so like like we're primed for that kind of thing like like once we get up to like we're only at like 120 120,000 right now, but yeah. like if we get up to like 300, something yeah. like that, good times, 500, 
you know, the, get all the fun comedy yeah. stuff out of there. Yeah. It's only a few years away. Oh, that Lincoln Park in the basement there. People keep gonna, having babies for some reason. Keep making babies. Keep making babies. In Greeley. Just in Greeley. In Greeley, yeah. Nowhere else. Or just drop them and leave them yeah, here. Just, just we'll leave them at the fire department. We'll take, <laughs> we'll we'll take your babies. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Comics in Bars. Swing X's <laughs> taking babies. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. So we talked about... Um, so something we ask... Well, I don't know if I want to ask this to every comic, but it's something that um, intrigues me for sure because oh, I know Oh, can that I my, plug one more thing yeah, real quick? Do it, do it. I'm also working on film and sketch. That's right, you were doing screenwriting. Yes, so I've been working on a screenplay for like a year. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I just want to put it out there into the universe that I am interested in film production and nice. saving up for all that good equipment. I'm, you know, really, I shouldn't need any equipment. I should just go out and shoot because I got a camera. You got a camcorder. Perfectly yeah, camera yeah, on my phone. Yeah. So I'm looking to get into that. That's on the horizon for 2021. Like, I just want to yeah, start nice. goofing around. Just like, same, same, probably the same wall for people who want to start trying stand up. Like, yeah. I want to start trying to shoot sketches, but I'm too afraid that, like, it's going to suck for a long time right. and it's not, and people are going to be like, Oh, like Jared's trying to make videos, but they're just not, it's just not working, you know? Yeah. And it probably won't for like a while, but like if I really want to do it, then I'll have to, I'll figure out a way, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, go Saturday Night Live style. I mean, just get a group of people and write sketches yeah. for each other. I really want to start a production company. Oh, that'd be fun. That's what I want to do because that way you can just throw any kind of production, anything that has production value, just put it under the same umbrella as your name and boom, just. So crazy that you're interested. Cash in, because in. Uh, I don't. I never told you this before, but way back in the day when I was like in sixth, seventh grade, Ames Community College would do courses for underprivileged kids, and you can basically go there and do basically take whatever class that Ames offered. And so what I took a lot of was like film production, mm. radio classes, in sound effects, school? things of like that. Yeah, in middle school, you go there and you get you That's get like sick. this. It was called College for Kids, and you get like this <laughs> certificate of completion at the end. So I actually got some experience, you know, running the big cameras from like TV sets and like no pan left, pan right, here's your, <laughs> you know, here's your instructions to do this and we were actually, we didn't write our own sketches but we, we definitely were up there as like 6th graders thinking we were oh the funniest, God. we were guys gifted <laughs> yeah. comedy in 6th grade doing all this really really just dumb cheesy stuff <laughs> and we got it all on video and it's to, this, to this day I think it's my mom's favorite VCR tape but I love it. yeah I mean it's crazy the, the kind of how destiny kind of pairs you up with certain people and their interests, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you want to yes. do film production, it's like, hey, guess what, I have experience with this. Dude, okay, perfect example of that. I, I, it's weird, because like, I didn't even like put it out there like I am right now, mm -hmm. but I was just thinking in my head, like, man, like I would like to do another martial arts course someday, I think, because I used to take karate as a kid, yeah, yeah. never got my black belt, I got to advanced green belt, mm -hmm. Fucking, <laughs> I'm a big Tai Chi guy. I don't know why. I just like Tai Chi a lot. Yeah, dude. Like, like there's so many other forms out there that would just be like cool to try. And I went to the gym yesterday, and in the room there was a business card for Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, <laughs> just sitting on the bench. Nice. And I was like, This is the universe oh, telling me. Yeah, to yeah. Up. Exactly. Yeah. Times. Perfect example. One thing I do that always intrigues me about comedy in itself is just the amount of writing that goes into it. And I'm not the most prolific writer in the world. We know everybody knows that Jerry Seinfeld would write for like five hours a day. Mm. But the question is, your writing process. Like what? Like tell tell us what your writing process is now. Mm -hmm. What do you? I mean, if, if if you wish it was something different, what do you wish it looked like? I mean, is there anything you would change about the writing Love process it. you're using? Right Love now? those questions. Beautiful. Okay, so right now my writing process is I'm laying in bed at 3 a.m. Right, <laughs> and I haven't been productive I can't all sleep. day. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I've tried everything, 
and I'm just about to fall asleep. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this feels so good. I can feel my body just like drifting away. And then I'll have this the thought in, yeah. yeah, that could be something. It's not like in, like sometimes it's like, oh, this is gold. Like I can't not write this down. Sometimes I'm like, that's something. I'll remember it I'll later. I'll remember it later. Yeah. And then I don't. don't. And then I'm yeah. like, okay, I got to write it down next time. So yeah. now I just get out of bed and I go, Ugh, and I turn on the light and I walk across the room and I put it in my notebook. And then the next week I'll be at like Dillinger's or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll be looking through my notebook and I'll see this thing where I'm like, oh, and then like I'll have another thought on top of that thought. And now it's almost a complete thought. And so I'll take that almost complete thought and I'll just wing it on stage like one time. And then, and then I'll, I'll either try to like, it's usually either missing one thing. It's either usually missing like a beginning, a middle, or end. It's always sure. missing one of those parts. So I usually just try to, if I, if I have two out of three, I'll just try to go figure out what the, the other one like is. Spot. Yeah, spot on the spot. Spot and days. then if it goes all right, then I'll try it again next week or I'll touch up on it a little bit later. But the better it does or like the more I want to pursue it, the more potential I think it has, the more times I'll try it on stage. And the more times you do a joke on stage, the more it evolves. It's like a Pokemon. Sure. Like, yeah. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, jokes are like Pokemon. Like, they, they're out in the air. I'm dead serious. Here we go. They're, they're out in the air, and, they're, and they, you got to catch them in the air. And you got you to gotta try to catch them all. And sometimes you throw your Pokeball at them, and it hits them in the face, and it doesn't catch them. And that's, that's all right. But sometimes you catch them, and then right. you just take them out when you need them. And they evolve into their their new form. So like this one joke I've had the entire time I've been doing stand up, and it's not even close to what it used to be mm-hmm. um, six years ago. It's right. a raspberry joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I change that one all the time because now that one is just like my my blank space on the bingo card. Right. Like I like if I want that one, I'll use it and I'll try to do something different with it every time. So that's that's like how a joke begins right. right but then if i if i've been working on something for a long time and i have like i have like a pretty good amount of words in this joke then i'll write it longhand in my notebook so that i can see it on the page right. and see where it needs more more punchlines or more or whatever like right. different changing of words like gotcha. it's always something different so and that usually helps me process cuz usually when as i'm writing i'll think of other like tangents that i'll keep me from the actual joke that I want to write, but I'm, I'm creating things like right. I'm, right. I'm writing. So really just like, I, I try to get as many words out on the page as possible. What I would like to be doing is have a more structured writing style where I still have those 3 a.m. thoughts and I'm more, and I'm, it's kind of floating around during my day, but I dedicate one hour a day. That's what I want where it doesn't matter how I feel, it doesn't matter if I have nothing, mm-hmm. I just need to be looking at the page. Like, I just need to be putting words on it. And whether it's longhand, whether it's typing something, it just has to be something. It doesn't have right. to be jokes, it can be a sketch, it can be just like a story. Just getting something on Yeah, just as long as you're, you're being creative and, yeah, I just want to strive towards that because, like, it's amazing what... 15 minutes a day can do like I have yeah. I have I've been doing morning pages for a while that's mm-hmm. a part of my process I would say I, I learned it from this book called The Artist's Way where by uh, Julia Cameron and she talks about just getting up every day and writing I used to write three pages of longhand mm-hmm. in the morning and now I usually just do one sure. but I have about four spiral notebooks full of just yeah. like most of it's gibberish right. but but uh, 
it, it, it works that muscle, you know, it works that, that thinking muscle that you use when you write and when you perform. It's the same thing. Like, like you, like, have you heard, seen that thing where it's like when you're writing, like this part of your brain lights up and when you're performing another part. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And then, or, or it's like when you're putting two of them together, like the, the whole brain lights up, you know? So like sure. you're, you're just, you're just exercising both different parts and turning on the lights on and on but like performing puts them together I think okay. and then it's like writing and probably like watching or something like that or like mm. listening to stand up yeah. and then performing you put them together and that's when your whole brain lights up and that's that's where you really you you grow the most is when you're on stage because you can write for days and like not remember any of it as you get on stage <laughs> really the stage is where it's at but you gotta have both like yeah. to, to build that foundation to get up there and I just really want some more consistency in my writing style because yeah it's hard to it's hard to level up if you don't yeah. s- stay focused yeah, seriously the writing uh, every, yeah. it's always a sore spot for almost every comic mm-hmm. like they, I rarely meet a comedian that's like oh I'm the best writer. I'm the best damn writer there and my writing town. ritual is you know howdy partner I'm the best room to shout writer yeah this side of Mississippi I'm a big believer in just get it just write something yes just get something on paper and then go from there I, I took the my advice from Jerry Corley on like writing and making jokes for like looking at the news and picking mm. out three headlines and mm. making a joke for each headline and just start with three headlines yes. and go from there so that's that's kind of like that, been... that's a good example of how our styles are a little bit different because like yeah. I, I can tell like like you you're very good at like the this traditional joke structure right yeah where set it's up like line. yeah set up punchline and sure. I I want to be better at that but I'm I'm very like story my my brain thinks in stories like right. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot with a lot of more, like, I don't know if I'm just an anomaly in the game or what, but I I was always told, you know, start out just writing, you know, your first three years is just, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you write, just write and really focus on that structure, the setup punchline structure right. and focus on that. And then I've, I've met more comics and, and we, we were witness to this in Cheyenne a lot where it's like almost every single comic up in Cheyenne was a storytelling comic. Yes. Almost. And, and the, I, I attribute that to a lot to Dominic because Dominic's a storyteller. He's totally. a storytelling comic. As well. Totally. I mean, he has a set of punchlines as well, but mostly it's storytelling. So, I mean, if your leader, uh, you know, the leader of your clique over there or whatever, the leader of your comedy crew is storyteller, then naturally everybody underneath you sure. that's kind of getting mentored. Because he's like the model yeah. for what stand-up kinda, is for gravitate to that. new comics. Sure. Right. I, 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 think, I think of that as, as like, like whether you're right-handed or left-handed. Mm-hmm. Like, how would that happen? Like right. you just you just started writing one day with your right hand or your left hand, and then it, and then it just worked out, right? Right. So I think some people just like when they first get on stage, whatever that moment was for them, they tell stories. Mm-hmm. And then some people grew up around uncles and grandpas who had a lot of one-liners. Yep. So I you know like I I was like my dad tells stories. Yeah. And so I'm around that a lot, and I grew up around stories. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like. Maybe it's just a generational thing, but like... I don't know. I, I mean, I grew up with cousins that were, that were... I grew up getting roasted a lot, I would say. Okay, I grew yeah. up getting like a lot of one-liner roasted. Your face <laughs> yep. is this, mm-hmm. your, your clothes are See, this. I was never good at that. Like those yo mama jokes in yeah. middle school, yeah, I was so terrible. I bombed in front of the, everybody with those jokes. Yeah, yeah that's, that was me. So maybe that's, that's a little bit of it where, you know, you know, your generation is very much gather around the fireplace, let, mm-hmm. let me tell you a story. My generation is very much, you know, punch, punch, punch at each other. Yeah. You know, type of... Yeah, makes yeah, sense. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just how our brains work, I guess. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of research on... I mean, and that's that's my thing, too. I research a lot of stuff. But what I've heard about storytellers and storytelling style is basically you have your story, 
and you just need to go through like maybe one every two or three lines and add a punchline. Right. Because there's usually something you can say about every sentence. Like mm-hmm. you can you can have your story, right? And your story you want to get, keep it as tight as possible, but then you can have branches off of the story that it's kind of like like in English, like close reading sure. uh, a piece of poetry, mm-hmm. like three words in a line. Yeah. You can say a bunch of things about each word and what what their context is in the poem of the whole, right? Mm-hmm. So same thing with stories, like you got the story as a whole and then you can comment on everything as it relates to the story, but those comments have to be fun. Right. Like, if you want to hold their attention. Yeah. Yeah, that's just where writing comes in. Because mm-hmm. then you can see, oh, shit, I talk for a long time right. before I think of any, I have anything funny to say. Because sometimes you think you have, like, you have a bit at the end, like a funny part at the end of, like, a really long thing, but it takes you a long time to get there. Right. That's technically, like, one joke, but, mm-hmm. like, it should be way faster than that, you yeah. know? Or at least you should add something else in there. And I feel like that's what, like... I, at least that's what I did when I was first starting out. Like, I I would have like this one funny thing, and then I'd be like, oh, like let me take you there, but it takes forever to get there, right. and it's just like you gotta have more stuff to show. Yeah, more punches in between. Yeah, right. and then once once you fill in all those gaps, like it becomes a very well developed, beautiful bit because you got all. The, it's like a it's like you like the analogy of leading people. You know, you're like mm-hmm. oh like. Look at this. Look, you're like a tour guide. Like, look at this. Look at this. And over on your left, you'll see this. Use your words and this way. People are just, yeah, people are just laughing the whole time. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, <laughs> Shangri-La. <Yeah>. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and like, uh, there's monkeys throwing their yeah. shit. And like, babies, like, um, juggling monkeys. Juggling monkeys. <laughs> and um, Gallagher is just smashing fruits left yeah. and right. That's, I'd pay for that. That'd be a good That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to talk about a little bit about the different because there there are differences in uh, scenes, and we've been through a few of them now. So there, I feel like uh, here's the scenes that we've. Per- this isn't just me saying the scenes we personally mm-hmm. had a chance to experience. We've experienced the Greeley comedy scene, the Fort Collins comedy scene. I have yet to experience Loveland, but I hear uh, is it Jeff Albright that's doing the show up there? Dratz Brewing. There's always been yeah, or Jacob Bergman. I don't know. Jacob Bergman is probably what I'm thinking about. Yeah, he's doing the Dratz Brewing show up there, so there's a little bit of a scene there. Obviously, we got to experience the Cheyenne scene during the COVID shutdowns, mm-hmm. and then the one thing that I have yet to go to, and I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm getting more and more freaked out the more I don't do it, is the Denver scene. Mm. where it's like they do have open mics it's all virtual right now but have you noticed any differences in the scenes would you say they're all pretty much the same mm, I feel like Denver is pretty more competitive yeah I mean they're supportive for sure <laughs> I just know that like like I, when I went there like when I was first starting out like, it felt super supportive and then I didn't go there very much in college it sounded like there was like some drama yeah but like that's no- normal but in general like we're all pretty small like yeah. each scene is going to be pretty small even Denver is like compared to LA or New compared York, to LA or New York or Chicago, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Like I feel like everybody is the same. Hmm. Like all the comedians are the same. But there's just it's just a matter of competition. Yeah. Like there's there's competitions in Denver where people like fight for money. Like yeah. you know. Yeah. So like that's that that's gonna add a little bit different of attitude and like flavor to the scene than. Just us trying to get just anything out of the bottle for Greeley, you know? Yeah. I think the thing that scares me about Denver is because it seems like it's really... Like, people judge you based on whether or not you're A, B, or C comic. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not you're doing A sets, whether or not you're doing B sets, whether or not you're doing C sets. Right. I feel like once that number gets slapped on you, mm-hmm. or that letter you gets get slapped labeled. on you, then, then... Yeah, totally. I think that, like, newer comics 
make the mistake of comparing everybody to everybody, you okay. know? Because really, like, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> like, because like, who decides whether you're A, B, or C list? Twenty. Uh, no, it's <laughs> it's Roger Hack and okay, yeah, that's um, right. Roger Elliot. Yeah. Somebody. I forget his last name. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they decide. Big E. They, they, those two guys decide, and that those are two white guys in Denver. So right. take that with a grain of salt. If if you get onto almost famous list, Wendy decides that. So okay. that that means something. Sure. So really, if you're you can't say shit unless you're on the almost famous list. That's right. my opinion. Okay. Is if unless Wendy, the owner of Comedy Works and and the entire scene as. Like, if Wendy chooses you, it means the entire scene chooses you right. to be on the almost famous list. Sure. Anything below that, you're still working. Like, yeah. you're still grinding. So, comparing yourself to other comedians and where they are or how talented or valuable they are to the scene based on where they're at. Yeah. yeah. But because, and that's not, and that letter is part of the new talent night. Right. The new talent night is just one chunk of the entire scene of comedy works we would still have a comedy scene in denver if we didn't have new talent night right that we would still it would just be harder to get on the stage mm-hmm. so you know at, at the end of the day like we're all the same we're all just like people who want to yeah you know but some of us have more career aspirations than others mm-hmm. and that's totally fine you know so that might and like if you have career aspirations and you see somebody who doesn't like getting more opportunities than you like that might stir up some some stuff but like you just got that. Then you just got to be better. Right. Like that's really all it is. Is just be funnier. Right. Like, <laughs> like if that's you're so funny, easy. just be funny. If you're funny, then you're funny. Yeah. 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 The lesson of the day is be, be funny. <laughs> yeah. And you'll get and you'll get stuff. Yeah. You know. And like you can make your own luck too. Like you can go out and find stuff. But that that has more to do with like your personality and stuff like that. That still doesn't mean even if you you were like the biggest showrunner, that doesn't mean that you're st- you're gonna get any opportunities outside of that. Like you can make all the luck you want and be a self-made person, which is awesome. Like, please do. But if you want like Montreal, or if you want like an almost famous list, then you there's more to it than that. Like right. there's there's a skill level that you need to have, and there's luck, mm-hmm. and there's and there's your personality that is the self-starting personality. Yeah. Like you gotta have all three to 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 get up high. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Cheyenne is. Um Here's what trips me out. Cheyenne's a major city in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Denver's a major city in Colorado. And for some reason, I almost thought that like, the Cheyenne scene would be just as huge as Denver. Not, not, not to say it doesn't have the potential to be that. But right. for some reason, when we first went up there, I was like, oh, this is going to be just like, mm-hmm. you know, the Denver scene is going to be huge. And it kind of was. I mean, 15 people at the first open. Oh, you thought it was going to be big? Yeah, I thought it was going to be oh, way I thought it was going to be like really tiny and like we were all going to be like, getting drunk most of the time because of how like <laughs> how hard it is to be there but <laughs> I mean, they got some really good people on that scene I mean, no it's from LA they got Hamilton amazing. on sound uh, they got yeah, John they got, and the, like the professional stuff, production value too like yeah. like I, I've seen so many mics where it's like oh yeah we'll get started in like an hour mm-hmm. and like even like in the cords aren't even like plugged in yet and everything and then there's it'll squeak in front of the the mics and like this show in Cheyenne, we got like intro music to your set. Intro music to your set, bro. <laughs> they walk you on. They walk you on with walk-on music. Intro music. If you yeah. got some funny jokes. And about like music. the the sound quality fills that entire huge ass room. Mm-hmm. Like like it's it is so hard to have comedy in a room like that. It's yeah. amazing that we pull it off Rounds because up walls, right? yeah because it's 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 the everything you don't want in a comedy room. It's tall ceilings, wide open spaces, bright. Uh, bright LED lights that are changing colors all around you. It feels like a playhouse at a daycare. And like, 
it, it works. Mm-hmm. It somehow it works it because works. everybody wants to be there. Everybody wants the comedians to do well, right. and that's why it works. Is because the venue, the comedians, and the audience all support each other and all want everybody to, to do well, and that's that's. You can't ask for a better scene than that, really. That's like that supportive and just does it for the love of comedy. Mm-hmm. And that's why like yeah, like I've only I've performed in LA and New York a little bit, like not a lot, but I went to New York twice. The first time I went there, you had to have a, you had to buy two drink minimum. So I spent like, you know, fourteen dollars on like Coke. Because sure. I wasn't even old enough to drink. Yeah. And you had to like you know, it's just a lot harder to get stage time. Like you just have to like reserve ahead and they don't they don't have any wiggle room like this new thing of fort comedy they're they're catering to the comedians right. saying we're gonna get as many comedians on stage they're not like being exclusive like, oh no we're too good for cool style these people. yeah exactly which is awesome whereas like in new york like i was like hey i'm from colorado can i please get just like a few minutes and they said no <laughs> get out of here uh, yeah and they're like sorry <laughs> like you can't and i'm like oh shit okay yeah. i didn't realize and then la was fine i just felt like invisible you know like yeah. i still got stage time but like it was really hard to get there you had to find parking you didn't know when you were gonna go on because they they might like draw your name out of a hat or something and you might only get like three minutes or two minutes one time i did i, I did an open mic at the ice house in pasadena and they gave me one minute because Whoa. the list was so they literally were drawing names out of the hat didn't draw mine until the very end and they were like they were like okay we're gonna wrap it up so there's still people who didn't get to go and you, we stayed for the whole two hours. And I went up and I said, hey, I'm from Colorado. Like, I drove all the way here. Can I please just get some stage time? And they were like, you get one minute. You get 60 seconds. Yeah, and I, and I told my raspberry joke and got off stage. <laughs> but it, so it was fun. But like, yeah. it was like, damn, like, I had to work really hard for one minute of stage right. time. Yeah. And I spent money on alcohol. Sure. So here you can literally just approach a bar owner and say, I want to host a show. We pay me $150 to do it, and I did it with Highbrow for a year, mm-hmm. and God, and I yeah. booked like dozens of comedians. It was yeah. awesome, it was good so awesome. Yeah, you know, everything. We got really something really special here. Yeah. So, yeah, Greeley's growing. I mean, we got Moxie now. We got Millennium Event Center. Yes, doing comedy there. Highbrow. Uh, Highbrow. We got an open mic there. Mike. I mean, the goal really for us. I mean, we should probably just be. Gentry's will be up soon, probably. About this is really we just want a mic a night. Yeah, if I can get a mic on a Monday, yep. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday and just get up there and work on my material, I would be so yep. happy. And I will. want that to happen in Greeley, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't mind driving to uh, Fort Collins or Denver or, you know, even Loveland for Mike. Yeah, because we just, can still... We just want one a night. That's we, all we want. Yeah, a mic is a mic. Mm-hmm. Like, we can get better quality stage time here than we might in Denver because, right. like, in Denver, they have mics that have been going for years mm-hmm. that might only have three people in the audience because yeah. it's at, like, 2 a.m. Yeah. or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like... But here, like, we're not around the scene. Like, we're not being seen by Denver comedians. But, like, we're, we're getting, like, good practice. Like, we're, we're basically at, like, like, comedy boarding school right now. Like, just getting, like, <laughs> some good chops in. Because yep. we're also working with, like I said, like, our, we have a lot of different demographics of people here. So, like, we, like, we might be better suited to go to other places in the country later on because we know how to make more different groups of people laugh yeah. and that's another thing I want to put out there is like we should, you and I should go on the road oh yeah I was going to ask you about that later in the show yes <laughs> the road baby what, what, what would you say let's, let's, let's talk about prerequisites for the road because okay. I've heard everything from like people need at least 30 minutes to an hour 
before you go and take that set to the road? Totally. What do you think? 100%. So okay. my goal is to have two hours Dear Lord. of just not, like I have, if I stretch, I could probably do 30 minutes right now. Sure. But I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have the chops for it though. Like right. I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be able to um, hold that responsibility for like a room that I've never met before. Sure. You know, so, so like 20 minutes, like solid. But I want to have two hours in my back pocket so that I can just work it. So right. we go hit open mics. We go, so like from now until like May, we just start grinding and just like working out as much like solid stuff as we can, or at least like halfway solid so that we can keep working on it. Right. So that we just have that, right? So my goal is to have two hours and then be able to headline on the road with, do a 30 or a 45. Yeah. And then for you, I would say you would want 20. Yeah. Easy. Right. Like you would have 20 and then you could open and then I could headline and then boom, we got ourselves. Got a host. They, got they, they, they provide the host. And yeah. yeah. Easy. They Turn provide, down. we can bring our, our own sound system, but they'll probably have some for us. Mm -hmm. We just got to book it. Yeah. And drive there. Good times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really want to do that. Like, cause, cause totally you can make money on the road too. Like yeah. not a lot, but like. You can podcast on the road. You can make money. You can podcast. You could, um, you know. Have a good time. It just sounds like something uh, we should do. We should definitely should. We should definitely should plan it out. We never really got. I mean, as much as we know about each other and each other's comedy styles, we never really got to talking about like who our comedy role models were, and whether we like it or not, that actually does tend to shape oh, <laughs> a beginning yeah. career. You know, like whoever you were listening to, whoever your influences were in comedy, that's who you tend to emulate a little bit. Mm -hmm. Now you, we talked about this a tiny bit before. And you mentioned John Mulaney was one of your favorite dudes. Tell me about some other guys that it kind of that you kind of look up to. Oh, totally. John um, Mulaney, Mark Birbiglia, Aziz Ansari, Jim Gaffigan, Brian Regan. Those are all Pete Holmes. I don't know if I said right. him. But yeah, those are all Bo Burnham. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah, just those like, I feel like I like that like solid writing. Like really solid writing. Like usually pretty clean stuff. Yeah, they, yeah um, those guys you mentioned. And then just like an like, the person, like the act out and personality, like storytelling styles. So like Mike Birbiglia, awesome storyteller, pretty clean most of the time and just a really fun energy. And he does awesome one man shows that are like one long story basically. Mm -hmm. sorry, I love his energy. I love like his like voice and his like sound effects and like the, just his topics that he talks about. Like very fast paced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very fast paced and just iconic really. Mm -hmm. Just some of his bits. John Mulaney, is one of the greatest comedians of our generation, in my opinion, because he's one of the best clean comics of our generation. See, he's sure. like he's pretty clean, but he's but he's almost like he's not really clean. Well, That's I've never seen him really work. Like the only time I've ever seen him not work. It's clean a grid system, motherfucker. <laughs> is when he's around Neil Brennan or somebody like that, you know, or if he's working on a mic in New York. That's when I'm seeing him go a little sure. bit blue. Yeah. Yeah, but like I like in general, like you think he's clean, but really, like he <laughs> he swears like quite a lot. But that's just because of how he he looks clean. Like yeah. he just, he just his like persona. his persona, and like he's like he's like between because he does it so well of towing that line of like you know pushing the envelope, but also like staying friendly to everybody. Right. And so like like Jim Gaffigan would be on the other side of the spectrum where he's very clean a lot of the times, and he pushes it, but in a more subtle way. He's almost too relatable. Right, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's like, how does he get this? Like, how has this not been said already? Like, how does he keep coming up with more material? But he's he's great. Like, I, honestly, Jim Gaffigan just keeps getting better. Yeah. Have you, like, he's... Have you it's been a while. Ones? It's been a while, I think. He did, like, the Around the World 
album. I mean, he's he's or, getting. Didn't he just get a Netflix special or something? No, he's on Amazon. He's, Amazon. The, he's a Prime guy. Yeah. And so I saw like he was one of the first. He was one of the only people that were actually doing stand-up specials on Amazon Prime, and I didn't have Netflix, so I was checking him out. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's very relatable as far as family and food goes. Yes. Um, family trips, just all that yeah. crazy Gaffigan shenanigans. Yeah. That should that would be a great name for his podcast, Gaffigan shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of on the subject already. We kind of talked about different types of styles. How would you like and and. And just as in my limited experience with comedy in Northern Colorado, I've noticed that there's mainly like four major styles. We talked about set of punchline, which is, you know, beginners, beginners fodder. Um, but there's also a lot, I've noticed there's a lot of, you know, there's clean comedy out there, there's the storytellers, and then the one that I, the one that both of us had talked about before, and I even remember talking about to this, about this to David Rodriguez once, insult comedy, and how mm-hmm. we kind of came, now this is just me and David, we kind of came on to the consensus that it's kind of going away. But there's not much, mm-hmm. you can't really market insult comedy anymore. Like everybody's kind of over the whole ranting and yelling no, yeah. type comedy. Thoughts? Dude, I, I think it's because we just went through a like comedy phase of insult comedy where yeah. some of the best insult comics of all time just have... Lewis Black, Anthony Justin. Lewis Black, yeah. Bill Burr, mm-hmm. Sam Kinison, Bill Hicks was at the Bill top Hicks, for so long. George Carlin, mm-hmm. like all these people were like that aggressive style where it's like people because people are just mad you know everybody's mad and so now that's going away because everybody is far more sensitive in my opinion i can see that even like even like the stereotypically not sensitive people you know put whatever is in your head insert a i feel like are still more understanding and open to ideas than 10 years ago okay like, picture, like, I don't know, like, a redneck who just, like, you know, white supremacist. <laughs> no, no, maybe I mean, not white supremacist. It. We've but, seen it. Almost every mic we go to, there's at least one yeah. comic that's like, I, I don't care. I'm just going to, like, who was, who was the comic that was like, uh, fuck just, your feelings. Yeah, that guy. That, yeah. FYF. And he was like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just going to get up here and I'm just going to yell at everybody. And if you get insulted, who cares? And, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I just don't necessarily, I don't find it all that relatable anymore. No. You know, no. maybe, maybe if I, when I was an angry teenager, 20 year old. Sure. But yeah. now that I'm older and wiser. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody, I feel like everybody is like more empathetic and like realizes that like we all have to like get along more. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like when I go into places now, like I feel like more community, like more like people are looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Ju- even just like in an average bar that I walk into. I f- I've seen that at concerts. Like I've seen that. Like all kinds of different places and all kinds of different generations. Like people are, people are realizing that we need to get over our differences. And I feel like the internet has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like people don't fight each other on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Because really. they we've the grown we've grown older. Like we've yeah. grown we've gone grown more mature. So now we need more mature form of comedy, and we need more. We need people to be more clever and like be more do more emotional work to find what's relatable now because now we have a lot like a lot more thought consciousness if that makes sense like okay okay so like here's a good example so like you know in the 1950s there was four channels on tv right so you can so there's four different things that you can go into work the next day and talk about at work right now like it's there's like a million, a million things. different yeah. things on yeah. uh, on a million different streaming channels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. So like, not it's harder to find what's relatable 
because n- not everybody's in the same lane as you anymore. Right. So, and, and that can be applied to like all kinds of different schools of thought, right? Sure. So now what's relatable, not what's external, but what's internal. Sure. Why, and I think that's always been the case, but like we have to f- work harder to find out what strikes people's funny bones and that's going to take less like being less like one-sidedness and it's going to take more multi-angle dimensional thinking on things right. and, and i think it'll probably come back because like insult comedy is very external like you mm-hmm. do this you do this and then internal comedy like i feel like it's going to come back to the the self to like the person, this yeah. is something i do this is something that i've done and then that's just going to be relatable by default right instead of like this like you know, I hate Pepsi. Yeah, Pepsi. yeah. What's the difference between... Yeah, 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 they're the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder... I mean, People don't, don't want to hear opinions anymore. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I'm not... I'm a huge fan of roast. Roast. Totally. Like, I'll watch a roast all day. You know, I love those types of shows, but just, just somebody getting up in front of Mike and just, like, insulting the room. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I mean, as funny as it like, sounds... We don't need that. Yeah. You know, we don't need that as an audience because there's audience, there's an audience perspective and then there's a performance perspective mm-hmm. and those are collective and they change as the generations change, right? right? So yeah. like as an audience, when you, so like as an audience, we are the working class. Like we go to work every day, we put up, we see the same news stuff and we have to deal with the same issues as a society. So when we go to a show, people are expecting similar things I think you know like so like back in the day like people went to insult comedy shows because I got some I I need somebody to put to words all this like frustration that I'm feeling (laughs) about all these things but now like it's like those um, opinions are out there they're on the internet they're out there yeah like like your opinion is really valueless now because Mm -hmm. like everybody clearly has one and everybody has a voice now on the internet so you gotta bring a performative or something like something that not everybody can do right. to the stage, and like it's gotta be, it's gotta get be attention grabbing, and it's gotta be, it's gotta be nice. <laughs> it's gotta be positive. That's why I've been trying to say instead of saying I hate things on stage, or, even if it's something that's negative that I don't enjoy, I say I love it because irony, irony. <laughs> Boom. Now you're now you're in positive language, right. but you're and you're being more funny. You're already being twice as funny than if you would have said I hate this. Right. Yeah. So I and I think that's just that's powerful. Like that, I think that means like I think that's great. Yeah. Like we're we I think comedy's about to blow up. We're going on. We're going beyond. I hate this, and we're moving into I love this. And I love this. this. Is why and it's yes. funny because of this. Yes, yeah. there's gonna be a lot more love spreading around. <laughs> I love spreading. All around. love spreading like butter. Oh, spread the butter. Love yeah, we sandwich. <laughs> Butter and ham sandwich. <laughs> Shout out to Paris, France. We got so we talked a little bit about road comedy, and I obviously have never been on the road. You've been on the road, mm-hmm. so tell me some of the like thing, some of the indispensable things you need to know before you take this comedy road trip. You need to be okay with being by yourself, and you need to know you're gonna have a lot of free time, and you need to know that. And if you want, like, you have to be okay with like branching out and talking to strangers, and like. And it's going to get lonely, <laughs> for sure. Like, you got to be prepared for that. Be prepared to hit a wall, whether it's in your material or mentally or whatever. Like, be prepared to hit that. Be open to exploring things. Like, I don't know. I, I just I would just go to a city and then make sure I had a place to stay and just, just 
fly I around. Would, I'd walk around. I would just hang. <laughs> I would hang out in coffee shops and read, and I would try to go as many coffee shops as I could, and just make that like a thing. And I would read, and I would just. I was just trying to learn like constantly because I was like I was doing that trip for like the whole summer. Wow. So and since then, you know, I've like tra- I've gone like Wyoming and stuff like that. Sure. But and like I've I've traveled and done like an open mic in like mm-hmm. New Jersey or something. Yeah. But. It's fun. It's it's like one of my favorite things is to go to an open mic that you've never been to before, mm-hmm. but it's always been there. Like it's always been in this place, and like you just show up and you're like, "Hey, what's up?" Like and you and like, "Oh, you're like a new comic," and like you know everybody's excited to see what you do, and like you get to meet a bunch of new comics and stuff. It can be a little nerve wracking, but like you know everybody's you know d- dive into that community aspect and like connect with the other comedians because that's half the fun of being a comedian so is yeah. yeah getting to hang out with other comedians i love talking to comedians because they get me you know yeah. like like i that's why i have su- such an easy time talking to you is mm-hmm. because like i know that we like think the same way but like sometimes like i talk to people and i'm like we are not connecting at all like <laughs> <laughs> you do not like understand what i'm saying <laughs> to you at all like yeah, uh, yeah like, i don't want to those moments point yeah, yeah. so but that's why I love talking to comedians. That's one of my used to be my, my favorite things about Hodies mm-hmm. is that how fun it was to hang out there. Yeah. It's because like I would get a beer um, with my Hodies mug that was three dollars with the mug, mm-hmm. and um, you know you can stand in the bar area, you can walk in the back towards the stage, you can go out in the back and smoke weed, mm-hmm. or just right on the sidewalk. <laughs> go hang out with some of the best comics in Fort Collins. Yeah, like, man. Showed up. Oh, Mr. Showed up. Miss Pichota. Oh, yeah, man. I miss so guy. many of those guys. Same Pichota. Shout out to Sean Ferguson. Shout out to Justin Going. Even Gaston. Gaston's doing a podcast now, goofing with Gaston. Oh, yes. But, yeah, Shout out to Luke Gaston. Miss, miss him and his red mustache. Let's see. <laughs> 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 uh, soon, 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 soon. Okay, so we, we talked about how kind of insult comedy isn't really the route you want to take unless, you know, you're just... Somehow, unless you're just that good. Unless you're God's gift to insult yeah. comedy. <laughs> unless you're, you're somehow have a different perspective than all of the other guys that have come before you. But let's talk about... Because I, I feel like it changes. Okay, if we're talking about, like, Lenny Bruce back in the 50s to a comedian in 2020, the qualities between this comic and this comic are, like, light years apart now, right? 100%. Like, like the style, your persona, everything has changed in that amount of time. What do you think are the qualities that are going to make... For a great comedian in 2021 and beyond, in the in the 2020s, uh, yeah, like a likableness yeah. and like you got to be. Definitely. It's it's weird because like you know the comedian used to be like the depressed like uh, yeah poor me what was me yeah 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 and like and like isolated and like kind of by themselves, but like Jerry Seinfeld wasn't that way. No, no. One of the most successful people ever. Seinfeld so. has a very like. Very much like, but he also doesn't care what you think. Yeah, he's, he's a very confident like, person. Yes, he's exactly. Extremely he's confident extremely person. confident. Yes. So I think yeah, confidence mm-hmm. for sure. Confidence in who you are and your abilities and having fun. You know, like yeah. like seriously, like being the ability to have fun with an audience and like people are gonna like want to participate more. Like I feel like heckling is gonna make, make a comeback. Make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> so if that happens, like. You can't you be, be mean. You yeah. Can, yeah, you can't be mean. You gotta be prepared, though. So you gotta have some way of deflecting it without shutting them down completely. So, yeah, just a likableness, being able to have fun with the audience. Me, like, I would love another influence of mine is Robin Williams. That style, I think, is yeah. like his, because you, it's hard to like name like one Robin Williams bit style, or joke yeah, style because that's who he was. Like, yeah. he was different every time he was on stage. And I think, 
I think like specific bits or whatever like won't be as valuable as so much as just like your, your improbability your improbability yeah and like your ability to have a dialogue with a crowd and not just a Tell monologue your boots. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly you know and like can't look I mean that's not part of that I was gonna say don't, don't look at your notes so much <laughs> like, that's more no, for me that's just a personal look, note definitely look at your notes if you need to yeah, yeah. no that's fine, fine. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with style what else yeah I think just people just want to be like someone that you people can be friends with you know if people want to like talk with you after the show they don't want to be like nervous to approach you and talk to you yeah. and like I think that's the key to success in any field really you just want to be good at your job so you make people laugh you have jokes you're not just bullshitting up there you know be a hard worker and be someone who everybody wants to hang out with hang out with yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that was, that was so. probably the best piece of advice I ever got from David Rodriguez for comedy was you know you want to be a comedian then you have to be funny number one and number yep. two you have to be a good guy yep or a good person yes Boom. You got that from D-Rod? <laughs> yeah. D-Rod. Uh, do you talk to him a lot? I talk I feel to him. Like you do. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, maybe I talk to him. I, I feel like I'm probably <laughs> annoying at this point, but yeah, I, I message him I'm a lot I'm sure he Facebook. appreciates it deep down. I pick his brain a lot. I really do. And it, I don't know. I mean, I feel like his trajectory in Fort Collins is, is not something to be scoffed at, I think. No. I think the fact that he's got Fort Comedy coming through and that he's doing a great job. Have you seen the new stages? It looks amazing in there. Did and you go so in there? I've, I, I was in there when he was um, kind of, like, I helped him bring the, the benches in. I kind of oh. saw it at like you know when Toby was in there, kind of taking everything apart, putting it yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the pictures online. I haven't had a chance to be oh, in okay. there just yet. Yeah, I'm really looking man. forward to February 12th, man. February 12th. That's is, when they're opening. That's what I've heard. Is February 12th is the opening of Fort Comedy. I don't know if he's planning on doing open mic before and then, but he's definitely going to do it uh, on Mondays again, Cole style. Which cool. maybe we should explain that um, to anybody that does want to go to this Fort Comedy open mic. And do yeah, I've never heard. So Cole style is modeled after uh, I, I'm. A, uh, what I've heard is a place called Coles, a commie place called Coles okay. in Chicago. Never been, never heard of it. Mm -hmm. The way they do it, they do a sign-up sheet. You can sign up ahead of time, but if you miss your slot for whatever reason, you get bumped back. Okay, so you can get up there, sign up for whatever oh. time you want, go hit other mics oh, if you really? want, but if you miss your slot, you, you miss it. Oh, shit. The other thing was, every comic goes. Every, every comic gets time. gets time. No matter how many sign-ups they get, they will... They will make make an effort to get everybody some stage time. But if, what if, even if that means three hosts? What if there's like an empty spot in the show? I don't even know. I, I would assume they just move on to like the next person. Are you saying like, can I sign up for an empty spot if I get in there? Or I mean, like like everybody fills up the list, right? But mm -hmm. like you get to number four and there's nobody signed up, but number five thought that they were going oh, up. Oh yeah, good like, point. Get one more, you know. Oh, so maybe, like maybe maybe, I, maybe they condense it. Yeah, maybe at that point the host decides well, that'd be somebody hard. want to fill in. Like yeah, sign up for four. Yeah, maybe support they spots. could just like move somebody. But that sounds like it would get chaotic. <laughs> yeah, well I think they're trying to just because I remember one time I went over to the Hodies with mic and I remember there was a comedian in Book's face about like how oh. come he's not going up earlier. How come, you know, he's letting his oh, friends go I before him? Was I there? You were there. Yeah. Oh, okay, I think yeah, we both, I think I think we both saw this exchange. Yeah. And he was like, you know, this is messed up that you're not letting me go up earlier. How come I can't oh, yeah, do it? Yeah, I want yeah, to go yeah. up. He was like a really new guy. Yeah, and Luke was just like, you know, patient. So, this is what, how like, it works, man. Yeah, this is how it's always working. It to him and, and, yeah, I think and he's new, too. Yeah. You don't get like a good spot once you, if you're yeah. brand new. Especially if you're and brand new and you're not funny. Well, especially if you brought friends. Yeah. Like if you brought, if you bring friends to a show, just know you're going last because yeah. we're going to keep your friends there. We're going to keep your friends there the whole oh, show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so and I think they're, they're just trying to, you know, uh, alleviate some of that tension there from comics thinking they deserve 
a spot or whatever. Yeah. I honestly just want a host. I, I, would, I, I wouldn't mind oh, hosting yeah. a link oh, shift. God. Dude, I want, yeah, no, I want some of that. I want some perks. Like, I want, <laughs> I want some, I want some benefits. Not that I think I deserve them for, not in, in related for comedy. I mean, like, in general. Like, I want to, like, start reaping, like, some of the benefits of my time. Like, I want, like, some opening spots for big names or something. Because, like, I feel like I've, but see, that's the thing. I just got to be funny. I don't know about that. I think I think I think there's a lot in this game about being in the right place at the right time. Like I don't no, think I would have opened. I don't think I would have opened for Josh Blue if I wasn't working. One hundred percent. If, I, if I didn't have the host that show, I, that, there's no way you would have seen very me, good point. me up there. Yeah, I feel like maybe I would have got more opportunities in Fort Collins had I been there every week. But yeah. I just couldn't because I was right. I was doing stuff in the college thing. Doing gotta, college thing. You gotta make your parents proud. Yeah, we wouldn't have had that <laughs> awesome barbecue in the park if you never finished college. So. Dude, so true. That was a great that was, barbecue. That was so good. That was fun. So props to whoever made that. Wasn't it your dad? Yeah, your dad made that. Yeah, barbecue. my dad made the food, so and my mom like put it together. So good. Yeah, yeah. that was a good time. All right. That just worked out well because it was like sunny there's nobody there well there was a couple of neighborhood neighborhood kids there that we didn't know that right. just showed up and like we're hanging out with us yeah you having a party we like to party <laughs> we like to party we're nine and twelve but we like to party nice all right dude. well this is this has been fun dude what do you think yeah man you're gonna hatch a house no i feel really Comments good bar stone axes man this is a good uh with jared chandler Really comedian. Dude, really, I can't thank you enough, man. No, thank you. This thank you so much. Fun. This is, this is, I was just talking to uh, someone the other day. I was saying how, like, like, we made it, basically. Like, we're already doing it. We're hosting yeah. podcasts. Yep. We're doing open mics. Like, and like I said before we started, like, we didn't have to go to L.A. L.A. came to us. LA came to us, yeah. Yeah, like, like, we had comedians coming from L.A. out to <laughs> Cheyenne. Like, a comedian, an L.A. comedian started the open mic in China, mm-hmm. which is the whole reason why we have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we we have it all right here and we don't gotta go anywhere. Okay. We just gotta keep we just gotta keep doing it. Just build it. Just build, build it and they will build, build it and in. they will come. Build it and they will come. Much like this Hatch House. This place is something. Yes. Fun. Yeah, definitely shout out to Matt Estrin for letting us come in here. Shout out to Matt. And do the fun stuff that we do, which is throwing axes. You wanna get one down on the you wanna throw one on the mic? The, yeah let's see if I can get all one right. Yeah, I won't hold anything. <laughs> I'll hold anything. Hold the hatchet and throw it. Let's see how this works. Alright. <laughs> hold on, should I do the like the play-by-play? Yes. Alright. Holding this. This is for comedians in bars throwing hatchets. Never had one lesson. Here we go. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. He winds back. Oh, hold on, we got five more right, here. Got, got five more. Number two. He's there. Wind up. Throws. Oh, Yes! Jared Chandler is over. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> he's not there! He's got three axes in hand now. He's in his Viking blood. Yeah! Oh, nice. Alright. Wind up. Two. Oh, wow. Alright, here we go. Here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I got one. You got one. One, one out of five. One out of five. One out of five. South Central style. That's what happened. Yeah, I know, really. I'll try that next time. <laughs> try immediately, immediately after this. I'm trying oh, to get some stuff. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank Chandler, you for coming down and helping me with my little labor of love. Uh, we're gonna be out here. Looks like Matt has got some business to do, man. The guy's a busy man. Business. I don't want to take more of his time. Uh, but I'm, uh, I might stay here and throw some South Central style axes at this thing. But Jared Chandler, he's gonna be around. Uh, really comedy. Uh, he's gonna be at the January 8th show at the Moxie Theater. Make sure you come down and check out all the really comedy. Oh, I am. That. Yes, you are. Yes. Yes, you are. Jared Chandler is going to be in there with. Uh, he's going to be in there with me. Uh, the Vietnamese villain Luke Slayback, Jared Chandler. Uh, we got Ben Daly coming down from Denver, 
And we got Salma, Salma Zaki uh, featuring for that. Hilarious, hilarious lady I've never. And uh, the inevitable PJ Johnson coming down. I can't wait to see him Ooh. again. He's so funny. Excited. So, all right. This has been Comics and Bars, Throwing Axes. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Peace. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. That was good. That was dope. Everything is wonderful when everything's all right. So all right, there we were. One last star tonight.